Hey, hey, welcome back everyone to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm your host, Tom Morcus, and today I sit down with Steve Chu, who's the founder of MyWifeQuitterJob.com. I brought Steve on the call today to talk about that website and how he founded it, which, as you can tell by the name, is about his wife getting to that point where she could quit her job, and they did that by replacing her income with a a side hustle project, basically. She started a linen company. They did it together, and they were able to replace her salary within about one to two years of starting that business. And so Steve has really interesting kind of foundation in niche businesses, in traffic and lead generation, and in marketing and sales, physical products and digital products. And so I brought him on the call today to talk about that, to, to zoom in on what's working right now for him with his e-course sales and his physical product sales and what's working in the e-com space and also just digital product space and to find out you know what's not working so well and see if there's some things we can extract. And my big takeaway was that there are a couple things that I'm actually now testing and trying out that you know in the past I haven't had great results with, uh, specifically Facebook Messenger bot and that, that, that chatting function. But I'm going to be testing that out now because Steve had some really interesting statistics and things to share about that. So anyway, my hope is that you guys can take away something useful for your business or just your life in general. And I think you're really going to like today's interview. So without further ado, let's get to it. So Steve, I want to start with how you actually got into the blogging space in the first place. And then I want to dive into some of the cool things you're doing with My Wife Quit Her Job and this other kind of, uh, we'll say Shark Tank style-esque um, <laughs> series that you're, you're running right now. But before we get to all that cool stuff, where, where did this begin? It actually started with my e-commerce store. Um, we had that up and running for a couple of years before I even started blogging. Uh, the backstory for the e-commerce store was my wife, she wanted to quit her job in order to uh, raise our first child when she became pregnant. And where we live in the Silicon Valley, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this area, Tom, but it's expensive. And so she was making six figures at the time. And so we kind of looked for different ways to make money online so that she could stay at home. We kind of stumbled upon e-commerce, started that store, ended up making six figures in profit in our first year. And then all of a sudden, all my friends started asking about how we did it and that sort of thing. And that's when I decided to just kind of document our journey over at mywifequitterjob.com. And it turns out uh, what what ended up happening is my friends actually did not read the blog and then just random people started reading it. And it just started building an audience over time. And uh, fast forward today, it's a pretty big blog. It's got a large following and I teach a training course on e-commerce now. Yeah. And and you've been able to to grow this pretty substantially. Like, uh, you know, with my wife quit her job, I know you've published like income reports. And so you eventually, after several years, you got to, or if I understand this correctly, earning seven figures from that blog itself. That is correct. Yes. It took a while. And in fact, uh, just so we don't overblow things, like the first three years were hurting, right? I didn't make that much money the first three years, but after that third year, I was doing six figures and then it just grew exponentially from there. What was it that was, was it growing? Um, like, was it new products? Was it just kind of like, obviously there's a compound effect of just like being the person who exists online and continue to, to produce good content and, and building that track record, like all that compounds and get you more traffic and more exposure. But in terms of like where you saw like kind of that consistent growth on sales, what was that from? Was it from yeah, courses, yeah, yeah, products, yeah. affiliates? Like, yeah, kind of break that down for us. So that's a great question. So one, like the traffic increased dramatically. I started going to events, started meeting people, started working together, doing kind of collabs with other people that grew my traffic, both SEO wise, as well as referral. Then another thing that I did, like 
to, to get that first six figures was I looked for posts that were getting all this traffic. And a lot of them, they didn't have any affiliate offers associated with them. They were just using advertising. So for those posts that were high traffic, I tried to find an affiliate offer that matched the post. And then I took off ads off that and then just you know added a whole bunch of affiliate links. And then the third thing was I introduced my class which was the biggest moneymaker out of the three. And so it was the combination of those three things that allowed me to kind of catapult over to seven figures. Got it. And so on that from kind of curious when you kind of found the, the highest ranked, you know, highest trafficked, you know, blog posts, we'll say, um, you, you looked for, well, what could I add in here as kind of an affiliate or be an affiliate of for, for something that would be relevant to this blog post, you know, having now done that and kind of reached these numbers, which are, are, are significant. So I think that's, that's why it's so interesting to kind of dive into this. What, what did you see? Were there any things that you found that were like really, that worked really well when it came to those types of affiliate offers versus like, was there anything you put out there that you thought would like totally crush it? And, and it just, you, you updated it and nothing really happened with that one. But this other, maybe this other affiliate, like you put in over here, like really surprised you. Was there anything like that? Any learning lessons from, from the affiliate side of what you do? Yeah. I mean, I've learned a couple of lessons. So in the beginning, when I was just really excited to make money, I kind of just went on like commission junction and just looked for companies that I had never used, uh, you know, just kind of put it on the post. And it turns out that there was a couple of cases where I were I referred like services that actually weren't that great. So I put an end to that and I started... I implemented a rule where I actually have to be using the tool or one of my close colleagues is using the tool before I start promoting it on a post. Um, there's other cases where I tried to wedge in a product that really didn't fit. And so these days when I do affiliate marketing, I kind of do my keyword research. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll write a post specifically with the intention of promoting an affiliate offer. And that generally works a whole lot better. But that, that seems kind of complex. Can you give us, can you give me the breakdown kind of overview? Like, of how, so let's just say you do find like a term or something like that, like, or a phrase, like, how, where do you even go from that? Yeah, like, how do you it's actually that? really easy. I'll, I'll just give you a couple of yeah. examples. So for example, I'm in the e-commerce space and it turns out a lot of people are looking for e-commerce tool reviews, right? And so I'll just go in and I'll just look at some of these tools and I'll use a tool like Ahrefs to tell me what people are searching for. So just as an example, a lot of people are recently were looking for Shopify pricing because they just came out with their new Plus product and there's no pricing listed on their site. And so people were looking for that information. And so I just wrote a post that outlined all the costs of Shopify. And I use Shopify. I refer to my students. And so that was actually pretty low-hanging fruit and a relatively easy post to rank for those keywords. Super fascinating. Yeah, I was just checking out the blog and I see, I see you kind of doing that. I guess I can see kind of... For, for now that you describe that, like I, 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 it makes sense to me. So, so you're you're also looking then for things that are like kind of current too, like even kind of trending. Is that right? Like when you think about th that kind of yeah, I mean, affiliate revenue is not like my major money maker, mm -hmm. but um, what I've found is that you know affiliate affiliate money is just so easy. You don't have to do any customer support or anything. Mm -hmm. And these days, when I write a blog post, usually I will just be very deliberate about what I'm writing about to make sure that I can get some search traffic out of it. And I also make sure that I just don't only post those affiliate posts. You have to incorporate some of your own personal stories as well. So I want to shift over directions to some of this other cool stuff you're doing on the content side of things. Because I this is where it gets my creative juices flowing when I see guys like you kind of doing this kind of stuff. But uh, I know when we spoke, you were... At the time when we spoke last, um, you were running a Shark Tank style kind of online event, which I thought sounded so cool. As when this 
episode is actually published, I think the the winners will have, they will have already been announced. But take me through like the genesis of that idea, what it is, so people get some context, right? So so they know what I'm even talking about, and then like what like let's dive into that. I'm I'm kind of curious how that all worked out for you. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. So at this point, I had the e-commerce store, I had the blog, I started a podcast, and all of that stuff eventually led to. Uh, an e-commerce conference that I run every single year. And the reason why I created the conference was to kind of meet and get to know other influencers as well as kind of develop rabid fans for my brand. And so how 5-Minute Pitch, which is that Shark Tank show that you were just talking about, how that evolved was at my event, the Seller Summit, a whole bunch of the speakers and I, were we were just drinking late at night at one of the parties that I was throwing. And we were just joking around going, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did a shark tank show? And we we're like, Oh yeah. You know, we were kind of inebriated and we we're like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And so, uh, after the event was over, we kind of just followed up on that idea, just threw up a website, uh, had people apply to compete for $50,000. We got a bunch of sponsors for that and then just released a YouTube show. And then the podcast for that should be coming out, uh, probably by the time this publishes. What, what was your takeaway from doing something like this? What's been the reaction? What have people, what have you thought about it too? It's been a whole lot of fun. And we actually filmed the finals already. It was immensely rewarding to actually deliver that $50,000 check. And we're also going to be doing mentoring. And so as part of that mentoring, that has actually created a lot of awesome content for both my blog and my podcast as well. So all in all, it was a win-win. Monetary wise, we actually didn't make that much money because you know, the sponsorships basically covered the cost of production, which is actually quite expensive. But overall, it was a very positive experience. We actually had guest judges like Pat Flynn, Drew Sanaki, uh, Michael Stelzner come on to be guest judges. And so we got a chance to get to know a lot of other influencers as well uh, during the course of filming that show. Okay. So where do you see it going from here? Do you, are you going to do another season? You know, is the, is the juice worth the squeeze, even if it was just kind of a break-even thing for you at this point? Yeah. I think it's one of those projects that you have to do for like three to four years to see the benefits. Mm. Um, it's not a short-term play. It's more like a long-term build an audience, build goodwill and create rabid fans. And actually in that, in the course of running season one, we did developed a whole bunch of rabid fans uh, to the point where there was this one dude who created like this spreadsheet of all of our voting tendencies. And like he developed all these probabilities of, you know, who was going to be in the finals and that sort of thing. It was all really intense and really cool. <laughs> that's cool. You know, one thing you mentioned was like, actually, you said there's a mentorship that's come out of this. And you said that's been actually great from a content perspective. Can you break that down for me? Like, what, what do you, what, what, what is the thing that you extract from the yeah, mentorship absolutely. you're doing? Yeah. So this stuff we actually haven't filmed yet, but I've had a number of the contestants on my podcast to tell their stories because they have really interesting stories where, you know, in five minutes. So the premise for the five minute pitch is you only get five minutes to give your presentation. But a lot of these people had really interesting stories. So I brought them on the podcast to fully tell their stories, which are very interesting. Now, the winner of the $50,000 who we just announced, um, we're going to have this person kind of fly out and we're going to create another uh, several pieces of content on actually helping her business grow and how to spend the $50,000 effectively. Interesting. And so then, and so, so it's obviously it's being repurposed then or you know, publishes a podcast additionally, in terms of like additional content for say the blog, how do you extract information from say the people you're mentoring um, and turn those into say, uh, I don't know if you do, or uh, yeah, maybe well, we're going to do, we're actually going to film those on video. Okay. And those are going to go on the same channel. And then the podcast, we're just taking all the, uh, 
all the episodes and just dropping the audio all in one fell swoop. And we're going to promote the heck out of that when it gets released. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Interesting. So, so what else you guys like, I'm, I'm curious that now that you've, you've been doing this for a while, obviously that the blog is still going well, you're in the e-commerce space. What are you seeing that's like working right now? And all, are there any things that are like, it really kind of don't work well that people are, this could be, I, I'm, I'm coming at this from the perspective of kind of marketing, generating traffic or sales for, you know, for whatever you're selling online, but like for, for a blogger, um, for somebody who's selling products online, um, whether they're physical products or like e-commerce or digital products, what are you seeing in the space that's actually working when it comes to like traffic and lead generation sales? Yeah, I mean, one thing or a couple of new things that I've been uh, experimenting with lately are chatbots and push notifications. Mm-hmm. Those work really well right now. Um, if you aren't using both of those with your blog and your e-commerce store, then you're probably missing out. Um, right now, especially with Facebook Messenger and chatbots, it's like what email was maybe five to eight years ago. Low-hanging fruit. A lot of people are opening and clicking on them. The click-through rates right now are 8 to 10x higher than email. And so before the uh, medium gets completely saturated and destroyed by marketers, now is probably a good time to get into that. Uh, similarly, push notifications. I don't know if anyone in your audience is using those. Mm. But a lot of people are just clicking on allow on their browser. And so that gives you the ability to send marketing messages directly to someone's browser or directly to someone's mobile phone. And the click-through rates are that on, on push notifications are actually a lot higher than email as well. It's like instant gratification. It is extremely inexpensive to run these and they just, they're just working really well right now. Okay, so two, two questions on those. Uh, the first one on, on, the, on, the, on the push notifications, is there a specific piece of software you use? Do you, do you pay for that? Is it free? How do, how do you get that hooked yeah, up? Yeah, so I use two different pieces of software. Um, for the blog, I'm using Push Crew, which is just mm-hmm. a very basic, you know, you can do a simple autoresponder and you can just push out notifications. For the e-commerce store, I'm using a tool called Visory. And that actually tracks the exact products that people are looking at in my store so that in the event that they don't check out, they actually get a push notification with a picture of the exact product they're looking at, along with a link that takes them directly to check out with that product. Interesting. So the, 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 would they only get that push notification if they're on the site? Or they could be... They get their push notification if they're opted in and they've looked at a product or started checkout of a product, but did not complete the purchase. But they could be on any, any page or they could be on a different website. They can be on any page. Oh yeah, they can be on any website to get the push notification. Interesting. To trigger the push notification, they have to be on a product. And on my site, I'm passing all this information over to Visory so they know exactly what someone is looking at on my site at any given time. I love that. That's great. Um, on the Manny or on the, uh, uh, I was going to say Manny checks. I just started <laughs> using uh, Manny chat. So I am going down that rabbit hole to see what it's like. I'm curious, any pieces of advice in terms of actually making it so that uh, that messenger is something that generates sales instead of just becoming kind of a default support, uh, I guess, chat bot? Yeah. I mean, okay. So I I don't know how much your audience knows about this, but uh, one of the number one rules of Facebook Messenger is you actually are not allowed to send promotional messages as your initial interaction. So uh, it works kind of just like email, except in a shorter format. What I usually do is I start out by trying to establish some sort of conversation or asking a question. And then once someone replies or interacts with your chatbot, then you are allowed to send them promotional messages for 24 hours. So I start the conversation and then I just use it to promote whatever I want to promote. So just to give you an example, we sell handkerchiefs on our e-commerce store. So I might start out by asking, hey, am I the only one that uses handkerchiefs? Because none of my friends do. 
And then someone might reply with that, re- reply to that bot and say, Hey, yeah, I use handkerchiefs. And then I say, Hey, by the way, we're, we're having a sale on our handkerchiefs that ends this Friday. Click on this link to go shopping. That uh, seems super simple. Um, <laughs> it so works really well. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to zoom in nuance point just cause I'm actually going to implement something like this. I love this. My favorite thing about this podcast. So I'll like take something and try to actually test it out. So I want to use something just like that with something like that. If you set, you would send out a broadcast message that it basically it's an open-ended question and you don't have, do you have a, like a yes or no selection or is it just like, they just have to reply back. Yep. Uh, buttons for yes, no. And then also an unsubscribe button. Um, Facebook. So here's the thing about messenger bots. That's like a big caveat. Actually, Facebook controls the platform. Mm-hmm. And if you get too many people that are blocking your bots, then Facebook could ban you. And in fact, that did happen to me several months ago. And because uh, I was teetering on the edge, there's this metric, if you look under insights called the block rate, if that exceeds 3%, you could be in danger of getting banned. So there's a fine line um, of sending too much versus what you send. So if people want your contact, uh, your content that you're sending out and you keep that block rate low, then yes, by all means, you could continue sending whatever you're sending. Even if you're trying to establish like a conversation or if you're not being promotional and your block rate gets really high, you still run the danger of getting banned. Mm, okay. Good to know. Good to know. On that front too, um, gosh, what was, what was I going to ask about this? Well, okay. So, so if you're running these, I, I, that's, that's actually a very helpful kind of overview. Um, how do you... Well, if it's working so well, like in terms of like opens versus like email and, and what you're describing to me sounds like really really compelling. So I, I do want to get this working correctly. Are you doing any sort of like campaigns to get people to opt in to your messenger bot or anything like that? Like, how are yeah. you getting people to the messenger bot itself? Absolutely. So there's a number of ways to do it. Um, one is through the live chat widget on your site. And I think that's where you're going at when you're talking about support, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that works really well. The other way I do it is, so ever since I got banned, I always go for an email first now, um, just because no one can ever ban you from email. So I'll get someone on my email list first, and then immediately after they opt in, I'll present them with another offer of free content, but they have to grab it through Messenger. Also, within my email autoresponder sequence, I'll actually periodically send them to Messenger to obtain pieces of content. Interesting. Okay. And are you doing, um, are you doing paid traffic to that? Yes, actually, I have paid traffic. So here, here's another, I, I'm doing all these things simultaneously. Yeah. But for paid traffic, what I usually do is I'll find a post that has done really well organically mm-hmm. on Facebook. And then I'll run a messenger ad to that where they actually have to go through messenger to get to the post. Interesting. I haven't messed with any of that. How, how do you how do you like that? Like in terms of like Facebook advertising, like because the old old method, uh, I don't know, it's gotten so expensive. Is, is this is the messenger well, a, a reasonable place really to run cheap. ads? It's, yeah. it's anywhere between 50 cents to a buck per messenger subscriber. Mm. Whereas I think I was paying like two to three bucks per email and messenger just works like 8x better right now. Uh, this is right now. Sure. And is that a tip? Is that pr- primarily in the e-commerce space that you're seeing that work really well? Um, so those I'm primarily using for the blog with the blog mm. post. For the e-commerce store, I'm doing something a little differently. For the e-commerce store, I'm just trying to get someone to reply. So that, that remember that question I just asked, yeah. like, am I the only one who uses handkerchiefs anymore? And then I say, hey, you know, uh, send me a message with your reply and I'll send you a special offer. And so people will say, hey, I love hankies. And then that'll take them to Messenger where they will all say, hey, type in this special word and I'll give you a coupon off our products. Hmm. And are these things you can kind of set up and then they can be automated yeah. and just rock you, and roll? You set it up once and you just let them run. 
Another way I'm doing it for my e-commerce store. Sorry, I'm switching back and forth because no, the strategies good. are different, right? Yeah, yeah. For the e-commerce store, I also have this spin to win pop-up where people can win valuable prizes in our store. And so what they'll do is they'll enter their email in to spin this wheel, but then I'll force them to redeem the actual coupon via Messenger. Mm, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm trying to get both, you know? That makes sense. Interesting. Okay, cool. And, and so you're, you're, you're liking this. Um, obviously, it wouldn't replace email for you. But, uh, but as a supplement, yeah, it would not replace. Very interesting. Do you, um, I I guess are there any takeaways in terms of like, you know, when you're using, um, kind of these tactics on the, on the blogging front. So the e-commerce store makes a lot, a lot of sense to me, but you mentioned that, uh, say on the, on the messenger bot front that you're getting like this eight X or something like that, you know, return from it versus like email, um, with the blog itself. So again, is that what's your strategy? Just so I understand the strategy, is it just sending, is it primarily sending them to content that's doing well, where they can get like kind of time, sign up for those affiliate? Uh, okay, so you're talking about the blog, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So for the blog, usually I'll send out, um, you know, content periodically, but the main moneymaker and the way, the main way uh, messenger makes money for me is I will actually send those people to a webinar where I will pitch my product. And um, just to get webinar signups, Messenger works really well because the open rates and click-through rates are so good. Interesting. So you're trying to get them to a webinar from Facebook Messenger? Yeah. Either that or I'll send them to posts that have a lot of affiliate offers that are ap- applicable. Interesting. It's Interesting. just like email. Think about it like yeah. email, right? You're doing the same thing. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm working on this right now. So I, I'm starting to wrap my head around it. Hopefully people who are listening to this have enough context where this is helpful. I believe they will. Cause I, I like to always go at it from the most ground floor basic level. And uh, I don't think we skipped anything too critical. I think that is a good way to think about it. I have played around with it enough where I can kind of, kind of piece in the pu- piece of the puzzle together right now. I'm um, thinking about how I could do it better because that's the thing I'm like, I, I see this, I see the ability to do something with this, but it's also it's a little foreign to me because I am so used to email marketing and I'm like, well, in this little space on somebody's phone, how do I like, what's the best way to interact and communicate? But it sounds like take the same model that you might be using for email marketing. And it's, and, it's a little different than okay. that. Um, so a couple of caveats. Yeah, sure. So messenger, um, you can't send them messages as much as you might email because messenger is a, is a more intimate sort of medium. So I will actually broadcast at most every other week to Messenger. Whereas for email, sometimes I'll send like two emails a week or three even. Okay, cool. And the rate of unsubscribe is just generally going to be higher. I talked to several of my colleagues about this. I get about like a 1% unsubscribe rate every time I send out a broadcast on Messenger. Whereas on email, it's far less than that. Huh. Okay. Awesome. Very interesting. Well, Hey, so, so we, we dove into that. I didn't mean to take up all the time zooming in on that. I just want to kind of, so back, back up a little bit and say, as far as like these, these other things that are concerned, those, those are two really good hacks. I haven't heard many people talk about those like right now. I mean, I've, I've heard about them in the past like year or two, but it's interesting to see that these are both things that seem to work really well. And I don't know of a lot of people who are using them. So those are two easy, simple things to get set up, push notifications and then messenger. Are you doing any kind of like text messaging stuff or getting into that space at all? Uh, not quite yet. Okay. Um, that's kind of where it's probably going to go later on because uh, they're merging WhatsApp, Instagram, uh, as well as Messenger on Facebook. Um, text messaging, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I personally find anything related to text messaging highly annoying. Right. Um, I'm not sure what the rules are there, though. Are, are you doing anything with text messaging? <laughs> no, I, that's okay. why I wanted to ask because I have not. It's what I'd be really nervous. The only thing I would use text messaging for would be to remind people to come to a webinar. Yeah. 
Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Or come to, or come to a scheduled call or something like that. Yeah. No, I, that makes sense. I wouldn't do any real broadcast for that or sales pitches. Um, you know, what's interesting though, too, this is a kind of, I, I'm, I'm sure you're noticing this trend too, with plath, like with the push notifications, with uh, messenger with, I, I, I now see people on like the, you know, who are dabbling with text messages and stuff like that. Basically, how do I get my offer in front of the right, like the right person, the right time um, on the device or medium or channel that he's using. Right. And so now we're seeing this like shift from people like coming to a, I mean, this will still be how it is for a while, like having the e-commerce store set up on that website, but also being able to sell products through different channels, like through Messenger. So this is actually something we've just been experimenting with is through the Messenger bot selling our digital products. Um, have you had any experience selling through Messenger? I have not. I've been mainly sending people over to my page. Got it. For that sort of thing. Um, a couple of reasons for that. I actually... Oh, so one, I don't think it's that mature just yet. And you can't can't really do a variety of products. Mm-hmm. Uh, like no. e-com- for e-commerce, I don't think it's good. Maybe for a digital product, it might work actually. Well, we're keeping a kind of campaign focused on one thing at a time. And that's the only reason I've been able to make it work. And it's based on after somebody asks questions about a product, then I say, is that, would you be interested in buying this? And so then I integrate it there. The verdict's still out. I haven't seen like crazy results from it, but I'm trying to see if there's something there. Or if I should just like say, like, forget that. I'll just keep sending them to the sales page. I don't know if it's mature enough, but the advantage of sending to a sales page is you can get all the other data, right? You can pixel them and that sort of thing. Whereas I'm not hundred percent sure how it works. Like if you... If you send a sale on Messenger, you don't get it. Like, how can you, you can retarget those people? That's a good point. Yeah, no, just just curious if you had been practicing with anything like that or experimenting. All right, and and so as far as you you're concerned, kind of this next year, where where's your focus right now? What do you what's on the horizon that seems uh, optimistic or exciting to you in this kind of present moment of where you're going with things, both the e-commerce side and the blogging side? Yeah, you know, I I've been thinking of that about that a lot lately. Right now, I'm actually in a position where I like I don't spend a lot of money, Tom. So uh, I'm making more, way more than I spend, and so I've been just picking projects lately that are just exciting to me and a lot of fun. So that Shark Tank like show five minute pitch was one of those projects where I knew going in it wasn't going to make any money, but it was a hell of a lot of fun to do. And so I'm looking more for those type of projects where I get to work with people that I really like and really enjoy working. And meanwhile, uh, to be honest with you, uh, on the non-business front, I've been doing a lot more stuff with my family. I've been mm-hmm. coaching basketball, uh, soccer, and awesome. sorry, not soccer, <laughs> volleyball. And uh, it's just been a lot more rewarding for me to... Uh, that was the original purpose why we started our business. Yeah. So that's where I'm focused. I may actually release like another training class because I enjoy teaching a lot. Um, but, and, you know, running the conference has been a lot of fun for me as well. And hopefully I'll be doing more of those, uh, shark tank like projects going forward too. Yeah, man. No, I'm with you, especially on the family front, not, not brought up enough, but I'm like, that's exactly why I do it too. And I feel like I'm starting to reap the rewards that too. I'm like, I think back when I kind of was starting and side hustling kind of the blog and, and getting into that, this space and how many hours I put in, it would be like, I can't imagine working that hard again, but now that it's in place and it's kind of kind of grows without me a little bit, it's kind of a beautiful place to be in. It allows you to kind of experiment with a lot of fun stuff, and that's why I think it's so cool what you're doing with the Shark Tank style show and kind of experimenting in that that place. Like I'm really excited for what people can do when they start kind of just being more creative with stuff too. Cool, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, there was a time where I just kind of wanted to grow my businesses and just grow, grow, grow. But it's actually a, a couple of years ago, my wife and I. Uh, we kind of came to this pact. We we're like, hey, why are we killing ourselves to make a ton more money when it's adversely affecting our way of life? And the added benefit of the extra money isn't really affecting us, you know, 
in, a, in an equivalently positive way. And so these days, you know, we still aim for growth, but, you know, more controlled growth and just kind of focus on, it, it's actually hard to do. It's like, yeah. uh, it, it really hurts the ego, actually, especially when you mm. have friends that are just killing it online. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's good for just mental balance um, to figure out what a priority is in your life and just kind of focus on that. For, for you guys, how do you guys kind of extrapolate that? Like in terms of prioritizations? Um, I don't know. I'm curious, curious your, just your mindset, how you, how you deconstruct that or try to solve that problem. Yeah, I mean, the kids come first and their activities come first. And I kind of design, you know, what I can handle in terms of business kind of around their schedule is how I've been doing it. Hmm. So uh, I've been saying no a lot more than saying yes lately. Uh, especially when it comes to travel and that sort of thing, even though I enjoy it. And it's just a choice that you have to make. Um, something is going to suffer, right? Like if I focused all of my efforts on the business 100%, I'm sure I could just blow it up totally, but that would come at the expense of something else. And so I've just strived for a little bit more balance. That makes sense. Awesome. Well, Steve, hey man, it's always a pleasure catching up with you, having these conversations. Very enlightening. I, I highly recommend your work to everybody I talk to. For those who are listening, uh, where's the best place they can reach out to connect with you and learn about, more about what you're doing and maybe check out those programs you have? Yeah, the best place to reach me is over at mywifequitterjob.com. If you're interested in e-commerce, uh, right on the front page there, I offer a free six-day mini course. That mini course is actually for beginners and there's actually a separate track for advanced users where we talk about all the stuff we talked about today in, in, in a little bit more depth. Um, if you're getting married uh, and you need like a wedding handkerchief, I can hook you up over at bumblebeelins.com. Oh, and one project, actually, if you don't mind me uh, announcing. Please. Uh, I actually just started an e-commerce store with my kids. And nice. that is actually something I'm very passionate about. Um, it is called kidincharge.com. We are selling entrepreneurship t-shirts. And the whole backstory for that is we're trying to convince parents to get their kids started early with entrepreneurship so they don't have to depend on you know finding a job once they finish college or in case they don't even want to go to college for that matter. Amen. I, I yeah, love and that. And the way we're promoting that is that we're starting a YouTube channel. My kids are great on video. We filmed a bunch of them and we're going to build a following that way. Dude, I love it. Well, I'll make sure that's that's listed in the show notes as well. And I'll have to pick up a tea. Um, my son's like two, two and a half, you know, um, and uh, already enjoys coming into to podcast with me. So that's awesome. I, I'm starting early. So I agree. I love the I love the idea, man. That's very cool. I'm glad you're doing that. Cool. Yeah, we'll send you a tea. Just let me know. Awesome. Are you trying to grow your online business but struggling to get new customers consistently and predictably? Are you tired of working nonstop only to see your income plateau? Are you ready to step off the hustle hamster wheel, as I call it, and step onto a path of predictable profit that you can scale as much or as little as you want? Don't worry, you're not alone. I've been there. When I first got started, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I started reading blogs and listening to podcasts by people I respected and wanted to learn from. I slowly but surely put their recommendations into practice. But because I wanted to do it all myself, maybe you, you're something like that, right? You love to do, do it by yourself, learn through trial and error. Well, bottom line is it took forever. Results were unpredictable when I was first getting started. I wasn't sure where to spend my time, money, and energy. And shiny penny syndrome got the best of me on more than one occasion. For many entrepreneurs, the amount I sacrificed, working literally nonstop in some cases in my spare time, and 12 and 14-hour days routinely after going full-time, combined with the endless fog of war, aka that uncertainty that I had to deal with at all times because I was going it alone, I think that would have been enough for most entrepreneurs to throw in the towel. But I was persistent, focused, and I stayed humble. Day after day, I worked to grow the traffic to my website 
increase my list of subscribers, and generate a healthy living for my ebooks, e-courses, and other digital products. At least that was the goal. But maybe more important than the work was that I paid attention to what I was doing, including what worked and what didn't. Eventually, I discovered a predictable pattern of growth. And so what I did was I just doubled down on those things, and I scrapped or sidelined the other things that weren't working so well. Finally, two years after resigning my commission as a captain in the army and going full-time on my online business front with my blog, with my podcast, etc., I replaced my income with digital product income. Two years. And so if that's where it stopped, I would have been happy with it. I would have been happy with the results. I wouldn't have complained. I would have been very content just replacing my income. But the bottom line is it was so much work. I wanted to you know, see if it could go somewhere else, right? So I just kept doing what I was doing, but better, faster, more effectively. Again, just kind of applying the same system that I discovered uh, from seeing these patterns emerge, right? So I implemented it. I kept doing it. And eventually replacing my income turned into doubling my income. And then that turned into a little bit more and a little bit more. But not just that, it afforded me the freedom to dictate my day and also choose the projects I want to work on, on the schedule and on the timeline I want, and to work with the people I want to work with. And to me, that's like a whole new level of freedom, especially coming from the military. It's something I've never really had that level of complete autonomy until I became my own boss. I started my own business. And until ultimately, until it became profitable enough for me to start to take a step back and actually reap the rewards of it. Because it's not all just working, working, working. And I do believe it's hard work. And I'll always say that nothing about doing this stuff is easy. But at the same time, you've got to reap the rewards at some point and take some of that profit, uh, even if you're just reinvesting it into new assets and things like that. Bottom line is, it can't just be work, right? Entrepreneurship and business is about that result that occurs, the value you've created and the profit, that that piece of value that you've captured, okay? And you want to be able to reap the rewards of that profit, of that value, that little sliver of value that you get to capture, that you get to net, right? You want to be able to take advantage of that. Otherwise, you know, the entrepreneurship game really does become just a grind. And, and for, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, it becomes meaningless and that's when they quit. Well, for me, I love this stuff. I really, truly do. I mean, it is my thing. And so that's why I didn't just stop where I was at. I've stayed committed to learning everything I can about all aspects of this online business world and this online marketing world. And I do this through real world application. In other words, I'm currently growing several online businesses and I'm always putting my ideas to the test in real time with my own money, with my own time and energy, oftentimes with employees, you know, a lot of some, some stuff more advanced, some stuff more simple, but you know, so varying levels of complexity and again, in different spaces, different niches. And I can say, you know, bottom line, I've always loved the startup hustle, but I got to say, it's nice to now be in a position where I can get big results with much less effort, thanks to having built the foundation of my business the right way. And again, I did it all through trial and error, but I don't think that that's the way that everyone needs to do it. And in fact, looking back on it, if I had to redo it, I don't know if I would. It was so difficult to just go it alone and try to figure everything out by myself. So one of the things I've tried to do is give back with this podcast, with my blog, and with my newsletter. But maybe even more rewarding than any of this stuff, while I've enjoyed all of it, I think the thing that I'm enjoying the most, that I find most engaging and rewarding, is the premium business mastermind and coaching program I run called 100K Academy. Inside 100K Academy, I help ambitious entrepreneurs who are very driven and excited to be doing what they're doing. I help them grow their reach, their influence, and their profit using my proprietary marketing system. That's the same one I use to scale my own online businesses from zero to multiple six figures and beyond. 
And the same system I use to help my clients reach the New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller list, set Kickstarter funding records, and create viral product launches that have turned into predictable revenue streams. So lots and lots of case studies that you can find at tommorcus.com. If you're curious, just go to tommorcus.com slash about, and that'll get you started. Most importantly, this system is one that 100K Academy members and alumni have used to achieve tremendous results, like Alexa, who used it to have her most profitable year ever, or Tina, who used it to make five figures from a sales funnel that she can now replicate and scale, and that's exactly what she's doing, or Carrie, who made over $75,000 in just seven days. And the crazy part about his story was that his online business was actually a side hustle up until that first profitable launch, which he has then been able to grow and scale. And he subsequently quit his job following that very successful week. And I think that that has been just a game changer for Carrie and the life he's living and the work he gets to do and the impact he gets to make on the world because of the great work he's doing now, because he was able to figure out a system that would get him the targeted traffic, the subscribers, the sales to grow a profitable online business. Bottom line, if you want to grow your online business from six to seven figures, but you flatlined or you're struggling, or you just want to be told what to do and when to do it and in what order, right? And you want a system that is predictable and scalable and isn't just you know another shiny penny, but actually will fit right into your business. It plugs in and is something that you can truly grow. I want you to go to tommorcus.com slash academy. That's tommorcus.com slash academy. Academy is spelled A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. Go to tommorcus.com slash academy, and you'll find a page on my website with more details about 100K Academy, the business mastermind coaching program I run, as well as instructions on what to do next. Again, that's tommorcus.com slash academy. And if you're serious about growing your reach, influence, and profit, just follow the instructions and we'll be in touch, okay? Again, tommorcus.com slash academy. Go ahead and head over there now. That's it for today. Stay frosty.